0: Having distance from people can be a really hard thing. Uh, Maybe we have family that live far away, uh, and it's hard because we don't get to see them very often. Uh, My my mum, she's lived over 200 miles away for uh, quite some time now. uh, And it means there's there's distance between us. The the relationship is a little bit different. Um, During COVID times, we all experienced measure of distance from people. Um, There were those days of dropping things outside doors and running away in case we uh, (laughs) catch COVID from people. Um, But then there was the time when restrictions were lifted and we were able to go and see people freely again. Uh, And we were reunited. Um, And that's always good when we're separated by distance, by those we love. And then we get to see them again, Uh, get to have that hug, get to... um, Get to speak to them face to face again. It's always a good uh, thing. Uh, And here at Exodus 19, um, the people are gathered around Mount Sinai, but there's there's still distance between them and God. But God is working um, to bring His people back to Him again. Do do we remember what the question is that I've said runs through? The Bible. Um, what is the question? Does anyone remember? Begins with how. So it's a test. More or less, more or less. How can humanity humanity dwell with God forever again? That's the the question which I think is running throughout the Bible. We started in week one in the Garden of Eden. Um, where Adam and Eve enjoyed that close relationship with God. Uh, They were God's people living in God's place under his rule, enjoying uh, the blessing of living with God. But then they were banished from the garden because of their rebellion against him. And so there's distance, necessary distance between a holy God and sinful humanity. And so that's why the question is, how can humanity dwell with God forever again? Uh, And we're seeing that answer worked out. We saw that a bit last week in God's promises to um, Abraham. And and we're going to see that more this week. And we're particularly going to think about God's dwelling place, uh, his tabernacle or temple, um, and how that helps to answer this question. How can humanity dwell with God forever again? Um, the psalmist uh, writes of his longing for being in the house of the Lord. He says, one thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on his beauty and to seek him in his temple. It's it's the longing uh, that the psalmist has to be able to dwell with God forever uh, in his holy temple. But how was this going to work? How is blessing, How is blessing from God going to be experienced, the blessing of dwelling with God? Well, we need to um, start where we uh, were reading in Exodus 19 at Mount Sinai. Uh, and at Mount Sinai, there, there were restrictions. Don't get too close, otherwise you may die. And at Mount Sinai, God is um, uh, bringing to Moses a, a, another covenant. It's kind of the covenant with Abraham renewed. It's after God's people had come out of slavery in Egypt, um, and now, God, and God had been faithful. God is being faithful, even to the promises. Uh, to Abraham, we remember last week, if we were here, God put Moses, uh, Abraham even into that sleep and said, for 400 years, your descendants will, um, I can't remember what exactly he said. Um, I'm going to turn to it briefly. In Genesis 15, wasn't it? Um, he said, does anyone remember? Be enslaved, like that. Yeah, be enslaved, uh, people. Um, where is it? Genesis 15. Um, then the Lord said to him, Know for certain that for 400 years your descendants will be strangers in a country not their own. They will be enslaved and ill treated there. Um, but I will punish the nations they ser- serve as slaves, and afterwards they will come out with great possessions. Um, and so God had rescued his people from slavery. Uh, and was continuing to be faithful to his covenant promises to Abraham. Uh, and now that the Lord's people, they're gathered around Sinai, uh, and they're waiting to to hear uh, what God says from Moses, who's God's representative, between, the representative between the people uh, and God. Uh, and he goes up and down the mountain all throughout this chapter. It kind of reminds me of the, the Grand Old Duke of York, uh, when they were up <laughs> And then they were down, and then they were only halfway up. Um, Moses is going up and down this mountain. Um, And uh, God says wonderful things. Uh, Verse verse 3, this is what you are to say to the descendants of Jacob, and what you are to tell to the people of Israel. You yourselves have seen what I did to Egypt, and how I carried you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now, if you obey me fully and keep my commandments, that out of all nations, you will be my treasured possession. Although the whole earth is mine, you will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words you are to speak. He's reminding them of his rescue uh, from Egypt. He he tells them he's brought them out on on wings like uh, eagles a beautiful picture uh, of god's uh, rescue of his people uh, and out of all the nations on earth they will be his treasured possession calls them to serve as a kingdom of priests and a holy nation they are to show the world that they uh, out of all the world they get to have access to god they are distinct as the chosen people of god and a, a difference with these um, with how God communicates with Moses here as to Abraham is that he will dwell with his people, He will make his dwelling with them. The Lord said to moses i 'm going to come to you this is in verse nine in a dense cloud, so that the people will hear me speaking with you and will always put their trust in you god 's going to come down in this this thick cloud god 's going to be present among them some How? And we're going to see that more as we uh, look at the the tabernacle. But there were limitations, uh, necessarily so, between a sinful people and a holy God. Um, Verse 12, put limits for the people around the mountain. Tell them, be careful. Do not approach the mountain or the foot of it. Whoever touches the mountain is to be put to death. Necessary restrictions. Don't get too close. Danger of death. But nonetheless, God was coming down um, to dwell on this mountain. Verse 18, Mount Sinai was covered with smoke because the Lord descended on it in fire. The smoke billowed up from it like smoke from a furnace. The whole mountain trembled violently because the holy God was there dwelling with people. And then you get in chapter 20, uh, the Ten Commandments given, uh, and there's, there's more laws given after that. And then uh, we're ra- we'll, we'll race through um, to chapter 25, where God begins um, to instruct Moses and the people on, on the tabernacle, which was to be um, built. The tabernacle being God's dwelling place, his home, with people. The the meeting place between God and humanity. A way for them to approach God. Um, What I'd like you to do in groups, uh, time to have a chat. Um, Look up these passages, these these verses in your groups. And two questions. What's what's the theme going on in these verses? And what do they show us about the tabernacle? Um, So... Have a read of them in your groups, have a chat, um, and then we'll come together and see what we've got. Ready to come back together? Yes. (laughs) That was a quick yes remark. Um, What did people notice? Is there a, a particular theme going through those verses? Glory of the Lord. Yeah. Any any more to that you want to say? God dwelling, with his God dwelling with his people. the glory of the Lord, God coming to dwell with his people. Absolutely. Yeah. Um which is quite extraordinary really. Mm. Um uh, did everyone hear that? Moses able to, uh, not able by the end to go in to meet with the Lord. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll think about that a bit uh, later. Um, any, any other, I mean, you, you guys have, have done really well. The glory of the Lord, God dwelling amongst his people. Any, any more that other, other groups want to say? And they shall know that I am the Lord their God. That's the man from Egypt, and I might dwell among them, I am the Lord their God. Sorry, that's
1: the wrong one, sorry. I'm Sorry, back up a little bit,
0: 45. I will dwell among people of Israel and will be their God. And Mm. they shall know that I am the Lord their God. It kind of reminds me of um, there's a theologian called O'Calmer Robinson who calls it the Emmanuel Principle. Yeah. Yeah. Which is really Thank you. That is beautiful. Mm.
1: <laughs> mm. <laughs> mm. <laughs> people. Mm. It and is.
0: Their own ideas and yeah. Their own ideas. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's, he's very specific as well <laughs> in the details, isn't he? Yeah, um, yeah and it's as, as God planned it. Great, great. Any last comments anyone wants to make? I was just thinking
1: about uh, cloud and smoke mm. uh, and glory. I the, mm. the glory is the same as the <coughs> cloud and the smoke, or whether it's different.
0: Than mm.
1: yeah presence God's
0: presence yeah. yeah
1: and um, just, just thinking of in 24 16 uh, on the seventh day he called Moses out of the
0: midst of the power that's quite a bit like the transfiguration isn't it
1: where mm. of power on the of transfiguration
0: so there's this echo of this yeah that's great where, where did you say? Sorry, twenty four. Oh no, one. I was looking at the complete wrong chapter. Twenty four sixteen. Yeah. Yeah. The Lord called to Moses from within the cloud. Great. Oh, Julia. Oh, oh, rosary... <laughs> yeah and there's more of that now yeah um coming to dwell in a specific place isn't he yeah (laughs) of the same mind (laughs) Mm. God, god coming to do it yeah that that's the big theme running through these verses Isn't it? Like mist mm. Yeah. It sort of, like,
1: when I was in the, the new forest, we saw this big bank of mist coming and it reminded me of that. And when I we was in Spain, I saw it coming as well on the sea. And it was like it was kind of something we, I hadn't ever seen before. And I thought, well it's something you can really see. What can
0: you see? Yeah. It's like it's obscure. Yeah. There's a sense of kind of mystery to it and it? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's helpful. Um, in the ancient world, the, the clouds were revered as deities. The, the clouds were revered as deities. Were they? Yeah, it was played oh. by a group of hobbits
1: where Socrates uh, says, no, they're not. He brings us to the other, but they're not in fact deities. They're in fact bodies of water and
0: stuff. Hmm. The, the clouds were revered as deities. Wow. I hadn't didn't know that. Um, and here God is reveal um very much present with uh, his people as clouds, smoke, fire. Yeah. This is this is the God. When he led the Israelites with the cloud and whether they were within that cloud, it was to keep them from their enemies. Hmm. Sense of protection having God yeah, present with his people. amazing <laughs> thank you julia mm. it's far too dangerous to see, see yeah. god for themselves yeah. yeah yeah thank you thank you so um where are you? chapter 25 verse 8 and 9 i think i gave that to you to read i did um, God begins to instruct uh, Moses uh, on uh, the tabernacle uh, that was to be made. He says, "Then let them make a sanctuary for me, and I will dwell among them. Make this tabernacle and all its furnishings exactly." Uh, that's kind of what Ray was saying to us. Uh, exactly like the pattern, I will show ye. Uh, he instructs uh, Moses to to make this place this place which God will dwell, this tabernacle. Uh, and, and the key to this, as we've been seeing, is that God's going to dwell there. God's going to dwell in the midst of this place. Uh, and his people will be able to be a part of it uh, in some way. Uh, remember the question. What, have, do we remember the question? that we're, How... How can humanity dwell with God forever again? Yeah, we're we're getting it. Good. (laughs) Um, Maybe by the end. (laughs) Um, And he's going to dwell right in their midst in the tabernacle. Uh, And later on in the Old Testament, this tabernacle would be the the temple in Jerusalem, a more permanent um, structure in which uh, God would dwell. And um, here's here's a little layout of uh, the tabernacle. Um, we've got uh, the outer... Oh, it's a very dark picture, isn't it? Uh, that looks far better on my screen. Um, we've got the kind of outer courtyard, um, which was a place where all the people could gather in um, and be welcomed in uh, to God's house. Uh, there's an altar... Um, there for sacrifices made for people's sin. Um, There's a lava for ceremonial washing. Um, And then you've got the next bit, which is the holy place. This is a place where the priests could go, could enter, and it it contains a lampstand, a source of light. The um, instructions God gives for the lampstand, it's kind of a bit like a tree. And and I was thinking about the, the tree of life. Uh, in Genesis. Um, There's a table there for bread. Um, Bread was prepared for the Sabbath. The priests would eat it. Um, And I was thinking uh, of connections with Jesus being the bread of life. Um, And then you've got the Holy of Holies, the most holy place where the glory of the Lord dwelt in there. And once a year, and only once a year, Uh, could the high priest enter on the day of atonement? Uh, And in there was the Ark of the Covenant, which contained the law. Um, But there were restrictions, as we've kind of already seen in this, just this structure. Uh, Only, uh, the other than priests, the rest of the people had to remain outside that main building. There were restrictions Uh, There were sacrifices. People were still suffering. uh, The effects of the fall, rebellion against God, it cuts them off from a holy God. God is so holy. We are so sinful. Uh, We cannot enter his presence without being right with God. And it's only one man once a year. But God was still dwelling amongst his people. Um. Where are we? Um, we only need to read in Exodus 30t um, of the golden calf, where God's um, people uh, are left alone by Moses for a bit. Moses goes up to meet with God's people, um, and for that brief time, uh, then then Moses comes down and finds that his people have built that that calf. Um, uh, to worship instead of the Lord their God. People's hearts were still not right. But God is committed to these people in covenant relationship. Uh, he's so committed. And as we saw last week, the, the covenant, it depends on him. And so sacrifices were made in order for their sins to be forgiven. And uh, the greatest um, one uh, being once a year on the Day of Atonement. Um, and I thought we should have a look at this. It's in Leviticus, uh, chapter 16, where we read about the Day of Atonement. So we're going to have a read of this, and then we're going to have another little chat in our groups. Um, Would someone be willing to read um, from the first verse to uh, verse, well, probably to the end, really, to get a good sweep of it? Uh, Would someone be happy to read? Ray? Thank you. Either where you are um, in a loud voice. Hmm? Is it on? Okay. Thank you. Thank you.
1: So, Leviticus 16. The Lord spoke to Moses after the death of two sons of Aaron, who died when they approached the Lord. The Lord said to Moses, Tell your brother, Aaron, not to come whenever he chooses into the most holy place, behind the curtain in front of the atonement cover... On the ark, or else he will die, because I appear in the cloud over the atonement cover. This is how Aaron is to enter the sanctuary area with a young bull for a sin offering and a ram for a burnt offering. He is to put on the sacred linen tunic with linen undergarments next to his body. He is to tie the linen sash around him and put on the linen turban. These are sacred garments. So he must bathe himself with water before he puts them on. From the Israelite community, he is to take two male goats for a sin offering and a ram for a burnt offering. Aaron is to offer the bull for his own sin offering to make atonement for himself and his household. Then he is to take the two goats and present them before the Lord at the entrance to the tent of meeting is to cast lots for the two goats, one lot for the Lord and the other for the scapegoat. Aaron shall bring the goat whose lot falls to the Lord and sacrifice it for a sin offering. But the goat chosen by Lot as the scapegoat shall be presented alive before the Lord to be used for making atonement by sending it into the desert as a scapegoat. Aaron shall bring the bull for his own sin offering to make atonement for himself and his household. And he is to slaughter the bull for his own sin offering. He is to take a censer full of burning coals from the altar before the Lord and two handfuls of finely ground fragrant incense and take them behind the curtain. He is to put the incense on the fire before the Lord And the smoke of the incense will conceal the atonement cover above the testimony so that he will not die. He is to take some of the bull's blood and with his finger sprinkle it on the front of the atonement cover. Then he shall sprinkle some of it with his finger seven times before the atonement cover. He shall then slaughter the goat for the sin offering for the people and take its blood behind the curtain And do with it as he did with the bull's blood. He shall sprinkle it on the atonement cover and in front of it. In this way he will make atonement for the most holy place because of the uncleanness and rebellion of the Israelites, whatever their sins have been. He is to do the same for the tent of meeting, which is among them in the midst of their uncleanness. No one is to be in the tent of meeting from the time Aaron goes in to make atonement in the most holy place until he comes out, having made atonement for himself, his household, and the whole community of Israel. Then he shall come out to the altar that is before the Lord and make atonement for it. He shall take some of the bull's blood and some of the goat's blood and put it on all the horns of the altar. He shall sprinkle some of the blood on it with his finger seven times to cleanse it and consecrate it from the uncleanness of the Israelites. When Aaron has finished making atonement for the most holy place, the tent of meeting and the altar, he shall bring forward the live goat. He is to lay both hands on the head of the live goat and confess over it all the wickedness and rebellion of the Israelites all their sins and put them on the goat's head. He shall send the goat away into the desert in the care of a man appointed for the task. The goat will carry on itself all their sins to a solitary place and the man shall release it in the desert. Then Aaron is to go into the tent of meeting and take off the linen garments he put on before he entered the most holy place and he is to leave them there. He shall bathe himself with water in a holy place and put on his regular garments. Then he shall come out and sacrifice the burnt offering for himself and the burnt offering for the people to make atonement for himself and for the people. He shall also burn the fat of the sin offering on the altar. The man who releases the goat as a scapegoat must wash his clothes and bathe himself with water. Afterwards, he may come into the camp. The bull and the goat for the sin offerings, whose blood was brought into the most holy place to make atonement, must be taken outside the camp. Their hides, flesh, and offal are to be burned up. The man who burns them must wash his clothes and bathe himself with water. Afterwards, he may come into the camp. This is to be a lasting ordinance for you. On the tenth day of the seventh month, you must deny yourselves and not do any work, whether native-born or an alien living among you, because on this day atonement will be made for you to cleanse you. Then, before the Lord, you will be clean from all your sins. It is a Sabbath of rest, and you must deny yourselves. It is a lasting ordinance. The priest who is anointed and ordained to succeed his father as high priest is to make atonement. He is to put on the sacred linen garments and make atonement for the most holy place, for the tent of meeting and the altar, and for the priests, and for all the people of the community. This is to be a lasting ordinance for you. Atonement is to be made once a year for all the sins of the Israelites. And it was done as the Lord commanded Moses.
0: Ray, thank you so much. Um, Day of Atonement, a big day. Particularly involves two goats. The goat of purification and the scapegoat. Um, Questions in groups for the next few minutes. Um, We'll see how far we get. Uh, What happens to each goat? What's the effect for the people? And how do we see Jesus in this? Um have a chat in your groups see where you get let 's uh let 's come back together um what happens to each goat? start with the purification goat what what happens Slaughter. slaughtered yeah killed sin offering yeah for the, the sin offering for the Israelites, yeah, yeah. Sa- sacrifice in their place, yeah, yeah. That's the name I've given it <laughs> 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 the goat of purification. <laughs> um, I don't think it is in the text. I think I thought it was a helpful, um, helpful thing to call it um, because it, it's the goat to purify people's sins. Um, I can't remember why I came up with that word. It was a word I came up with on Monday. Uh, Yes. It's it's really interesting, isn't it? I think it's Tyndale who came up with the word scapegoat when he was translating it. Interesting. Yeah. And it just ends up in the English language. I think he did it in other places as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, killed in the wood. Hmm. Hmm. Mm. But, you know, it He c- came up with that. He wanted to, uh, to translate the meaning of the goat. Yeah. And, and, and essentially, coined a new English word that we still use. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we, we use it in daily life sometimes, don't we? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, what's the scapegoat here, what's this one about? it doesn't particularly tell us does it uh, it might have been sets free to <laughs> wonderful life um, or someone in our group was saying about a whole herd of goats every year to have one joining every year but um, yeah there's a very visual picture of our sins and being cast off and the wilderness the
1: wilderness hmm probably hmm hmm oh
0: Mm. Yeah, it's being sent. That's the, that's the picture we've got. Uh, so yes. So yeah. East from the west. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking of Adam and Eve being cast out of yeah. the Garden of Eden, um, uh, and now now here it's kind of a reverse of that. Um, the sins have been laid on the goat and that's been cast away. Um, uh, how do we see this in Jesus was the other question I had on here. Um maybe one one comment on that just for time's sake. Yeah. He is sacrificed. Yeah. In our place. Yeah.
1: Mm. My God, my God, why, why have you forsaken, forsaken me? So sort of the cent, cent away, yeah. yeah, yeah
0: yeah the the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all that just checking I heard you yeah, yeah, great, not just once a year. Yeah. Once a year. Yeah. that yeah. is a yeah. good news, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, once for all. Time. You um,
1: couldn't
0: go to the No. Jesus we can go Yeah. Yeah. He gives us access to God. <coughs> Excellent. Um let's uh let's move on. Um so at the end, uh, in Exodus forty, um, where God comes down to the tent of meeting and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle, this is Exodus forty thirty-four. Um, this is kind of the high point of Exodus. I think often people think of the Red Sea uh, crossing and how wonderful that was. It was a, the great rescue uh, of God's people from slavery in Egypt, but. Exodus builds up to this point where God is now dwelling among his people. Since Genesis 3, humanity had been cut off from God's presence. But, but then we read this. Um, and, and this is wonderful. This is really, really very good news. The glory of the Lord came down and filled the tabernacle. God dwelt among his people again. A glorious thought. But there's still distance uh, we've read uh, in Leviticus 16, only one man once a year. He, humanity, it, it kind of still feels a long way off of being able to dwell with God in the cool of the day like Adam and Eve uh, did in the garden. But, but this, was, this was gracious. God was making uh, a way for unfaithful, sinful people um, to be dwelling with them it's like um uh, thinking someone someone invites you to their house but, but you can only you can only stand out, outside the front door unless you're particularly privileged you can kind of walk into the hallway but um we're getting closer we're getting closer but still feels a long way in 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 many ways and not even moses Um, We had someone said that earlier. Not even Moses could come uh, into uh, the presence of God. Uh, Verse 35, Moses could not enter the tent of meeting because the cloud had settled in it and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Not even Moses, the one who was God's representative on the mountain, um, who heard the law given. Um, But the great high priest could but Moses was not that. Um, and the rest of the Old Testament, it shows us, shows Solomon building the temple, a more permanent ideal temple. But then false worship enters that temple. Uh, and that's destroyed. Uh, and then God's people are away in exile. And, uh, but then they come back and a second temple is built. But there's still a longing for a more permanent a long-lasting solution to fix this relationship between God and humanity. Uh, and I thought we'd have a very quick look in some verses. We're, we're going further on in the Bible now. Isaiah 6, uh, Isaiah 2 even, uh, 1 to 6. We looked at this in the prayer meeting a few weeks ago, um, really helpfully. Um, Isaiah 2, 1 to 6 the mountain of the Lord. Isaiah writes, um, In the last days, the mountain of the Lord's temple will be established as the highest of the mountains. It will be exalted above the hills, and all nations will stream to it. Many peoples will say, "Come, Come and say, come let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the temple of the God of Jacob he will teach us his ways so that we may walk in his paths the law will go out from zion the word of the lord from jerusalem he will judge between the nations and will settle disputes for many peoples they will beat their swords into ploughshares and their spears into pruning hooks nation will not take up sword against nation nor will they train for war any more this great picture of the mountain of the lord the place to meet with the lord open to the whole world nations streaming to it uh, on mountains you get streams going down but this is kind of streaming up to the mountain, up to the top of the mountain uh, a supernaturally uh, wonderful stream going upwards of nations coming to hear of god and his ways uh, a peaceful community forming. In Jeremiah 31, we won't look at that. Um, It speaks of days, a day when God will make a new covenant with people, which will involve inward heart transformation and forgiveness of sins. Uh, God was Um, The the, the law that God gave to his people, the the tabernacle, it shows us that the people are sinful, people are still hard in their hearts, and so it's going to require an inward transformation uh, of people. Uh, And uh, here in Isaiah 2, it says, um, people say, come, let us walk in the light of of the Lord it's a, a wonderful picture, um, people having access to God. and then you get into the New Testament, we've, we've seen in John over the last uh, months uh, um, how John talks about Jesus coming to dwell amongst people coming to tabernacle is the word. Uh, Jesus says in John 2:19 that he uh, destroy this temple, and in three days uh, will raise it again. God was dwelling among his creation in the person of Jesus. It, he was the temple, the meeting place between God and human beings. And he was going to die like the scapegoat outside the city of Jerusalem, having our sins laid on him. But then three days later, he rose again. The meeting place with God open, the mountain of God open. Um, We're not going to read it now because of time, but maybe when you go away, read Hebrews 12, um, 18 to to the end. Um, That will be a really wonderful thing to read um, after the things we've been looking at this evening. Um, Have a read of it. See what you make of it. And of course, uh, the New Testament also describes us as being temples of the living God, the Holy Spirit dwelling in us. So this is the great reunion between God and his people being worked out in, in Jesus. Uh, I've often enjoyed watching um, long-lost families um, on TV uh, and the, the reunions that people have between family members. Um, Maybe they've never even met before, um, but they've discovered these long-lost family members. The reunions are emotional and amazing. Uh, And God is working that out in uh, the story of the Bible, a way for us to dwell with him forever again. Uh, And it is amazing. It is really, really amazing. And that brings us to, we're not going to do this again until the 27th of November. Um, We've got two more weeks, Um, so that week and the week after where we'll look at God's King and new creation. So hopefully we're we're seeing the Bible fit together um, some more. Um, If you've got questions, please do ask. I've um, been able to chat with people uh, in in different ways over the last week. Um, Be good to uh, keep asking those questions Um, and maybe um, next time we'll make a proper space and time for us to be able to ask questions together. Um, But it'd be good um, to pray together. Um, Anything in particular that needs praying for, we'll have a short time of prayer. People.